Good morning, everyone. What a wonderful day to be in God's house. Glad for propane. Amen. Glad for electricity. Glad for uh, wood, to those of you that burn wood, to stay warm. Uh, thankful for a house, for a roof over our head, for insulation, for drywall, for all the things that keeps us warm. We're grateful to God for all those things. A few years ago, me and Leslie was pastoring down in Middlesboro, and a, a gentleman came to the church that they would come in through the summer from down, they lived down in South Carolina, but they was raised where we was at in Middlesboro, and they would come in, and he would take us down to his farm place, and we went down to that farmhouse where he grew up and was raised, and it was an old wood shack. It looked about like, according to what I've seen around here, most people would call a... Uh, a, uh, a meat house or a, 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 a meat house that place that they would store meat. It was just a little wood shack, regular wood boards, no slats on it or anything. It was open cracks. You go inside and they had taped uh, or had uh, put cardboard up over the walls of boxes that they had received. And then they put over top of that, they had smeared some kind of glue on it and had newspapers all over it. And I, as I was in that home, I began to think about how cold that must have been especially during weather like we've got today. And we've got a lot to be grateful for. Amen. Amen? We have a lot to be grateful for in this life. And the advancements on a society that God has allowed us to have, uh, we're living in one of the greatest days in the history of the world. And, but with great uh, abundance of things, the Bible says, to, to whom much is given, much is also required. So if we are required of much because we've been given much, we need to think about that. And in our transmission series, this transfer of power from heaven to earth, I want us to look at today this uh, scripture in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to begin at verse... Um, 13, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13. Let's stand as we read a few short scriptures here talking about transferring power from heaven to earth through God. Paul, speaking to the Ephesians church, says, Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the, home the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that, you would, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Everybody say that. According to the power that works in us. 
Then verse 21 says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, the world without end. Amen. Paul praying. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this season that we're in. Lord, that we are coming to your house today. Lord, we're rejoicing in you. God, we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideals for the upcoming year. God, I pray that you would just quicken our hearts. Lord, that we would everything we would do and desire would be of you. Lord, that you would guide our steps as a church. Lord, as a people. God, I pray for the families in this room that you would lead us and guide us by truth of your scripture. And God, that everything we do would bring glory to your name, just as Paul mentioned in these verses here. Fill us with power to overcome all the things and trials of the enemy. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I love it that Paul says here that he's able, speaking about God, to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. That God is able to do more than what we expect. I don't know what your expectation is for the upcoming year. and A lot of people talk about resolutions and, and different things in this season of the year. In New Year's, and we will tonight during uh, the event tonight, I'm sure people will be talking about to each other some things that they have resolved to do within the next year. And, and you can't have a resolution without being resolved about it or about having a determination about it. And if you set your heart upon a thing to do a thing, then you ought to pray that God would give you the power to be able to finish and accomplish that thing. Yeah. Amen? That we ought to finish the things that we speak of. And the Bible talks about, you know, if we're going to build a house, we ought to have wisdom enough to count the cost of the house and to go into that with enough plan, with enough forethought, that we would see the house built, that we would know we would have enough to finish it. Because if it's not finished, the Bible says Jesus told the parable that they would mock and ridicule and make fun and say, who is this guy that didn't even plan enough to finish his house? So in our lives today, I believe if we want the power of God, we can receive the power of God. That his power is present here for us and available to us today. If we pray and if we seek God's face, he shall be found. Amen? That we need the power of God to finish what we cannot. Because a lot of times if you look throughout the world and see during this season that you'll see people making resolutions, they'll promote it, they'll tell everybody what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, but they look into their own power, their own ability, and usually by day two or three they've done giving up. Amen? Has anybody ever done that? I'm guilty. I'm going to work out this year. I'm going to go join the life center, and I'm going to go to the gym every day, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And usually by the first week, we give totally up on it, and we don't finish it. Amen? It'd be a good time of the year to start a gym because all the influx of people coming in on January 1, taking up subscription for the year and saying, I'm going to pay for a whole year. I'm just going to go ahead and make it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do I'm going to do I'm going to do and I think that's the biggest problem in our lives is we don't seek God and his power to finish tasks in our life. We look to what we're able to do, and we're not able to do anything without him. Amen? In him all the fullness of God dwells in, in Christ, and the power of God is in Christ. Then we need the power of Jesus in our lives. And it says here in this verse up here, 
Verse 16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. There is an inner man inside of us. And there's a scripture in Galatians that says that there is a body, a soul, and a spirit. That we are three parts as a being. We have his physical body that we're living in. That our soul is there with us internally. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your thoughts, those type of things. That's your soul of who you are. It's the person that's inside of you that's using this body. Your mind is using this body, this physical body, these physical eyes to look and see things and process things. That's your soul. But beyond that, there is the spirit of man. And inside of this spirit, you are born dead in your sins, the trespasses of our sins. We're born into sin as a human being because of the fall of Adam and Eve. And our spirit man is born dead. That's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He said, you know, you must be born of the spirit and of water. You must be born again. Being born again is that where our spirit man becomes alive. That's the new birth in Jesus Christ. That's what happens whenever you give your life to Jesus, that you totally commit yourself to him, that you follow his teachings, you follow his ways, and you claim salvation. What happens there is a new birth inside of you that your spirit man becomes alive. And a lot of people that may have never grown up in church or don't know a lot about uh, the teachings of Scripture, they'll say, you know, I feel like a new person when they become saved, when they give their life to Jesus. That I feel a newness, a freshness on the inside of me. But that's because something that was dead became alive. If you've never experienced that, you should seek that today. To seek God and say, I want this new birth experience. I want to feel the presence of God inside of my life. And I want him to feel me from within. How strong is your inner man? How strong is that faith that God wants you to have? The Bible teaches that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in, in the book of Romans. That if you want more faith, if you seek God, if you're seeking more faith in Jesus Christ, more of your faith, then read scripture, hear scripture preached, listen to scripture in, the, in a song, listen to scripture on your radio, listen to scripture on your way to work, listen to scripture. If you do that, your faith will become strengthened. Your faith can become strong by that. So if we want the power of God, and there's things about the power of God, Jesus was the perfect example of humanity of pure perfection. How many would like to live a perfect life from here on out? Amen. I would enjoy that. Where I wouldn't mess up anymore. That I would no longer sin. That I would no longer turn my face away from God and do the things I desire versus what he wants me to do. Jesus came to paint the picture for us to live the example of God of, of purity in this life as a human. He was man as much as he was God. He took on the form of a bondservant, it says in Scripture. So Jesus was a human as he lived here on this earth. And he did it, and he had brothers, he had siblings. Can you imagine getting along with your siblings perfectly? Well, <laughs> there's some people, I heard Sean go, hmm, yeah, good luck with that, right? Amy's just sitting there thinking, man, I wish Ryan would get along with Sam sometimes. And Where's the little one? Where's she at? Oh, she's... she's Oh, she's out. Okay. She's laying over collaring. Living. Wouldn't that be a better life? Just sit, just be collaring. 
somebody preaching, trying to tell you a message about living a better life, just like, nah, I'm just going to call her. It's a lot better life when you're four or five years old, for sure. But we as adults, we need to hear these messages, and our faith does need to become strength. But Jesus came to paint this picture of perfection. And he did not come to paint this picture so that we could look at him and say that I can never do that. Because that's what his disciples had decided, that it was impossible for them to live the life that he was living. And in our lives, too often, I believe we don't receive the things of God in our life because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Amen? Amen? So if we would desire perfection and desire to live a holy life before God and desire these things more than anything in this world, more than the desires of the earthly things that we have, and, and we, we might desire, you know, a new car. We might desire a different house. We might desire these new things in our life here on this earth, these earthly things. Those desires should not exceed the desires we have for God. Amen? If we're desiring only the things of this world, we cannot receive the things of God. So today I'm asking you as a pastor, as your uh, spiritual leader here in this place today, I'm asking you and imploring you to seek the things of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you shall be filled. If you want an infilling of God in your life, seek him. Seek the righteousness of God. So today as I'm saying these things, I want us to see that the transmission of power is available, but just because it's available doesn't mean that it's on. The same way that I could go back there and turn those two thermostats off, I could turn the light switches off in here, the power from the power plant is still coming through all the transmission lines to get here, but if we don't ever turn the switch on, we don't ever get the lights turned on. Amen. And it's that way in our spiritual life. The power of God is present in this earth, because Jesus come out of the grave, uh, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and he said, this same authority that I have over sickness, over disease, all these things, this same authority, says it in Matthew chapter 28, the same authority I have, I give it unto you. But the question is, is God's power still present and relevant in our society, in our life today? Absolutely. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He don't change. And if he offered it to them, he's offering it to you and to me. But the question is, am I going to turn the switch on that allows God's power to come into my life? And that's the free moral agent that you are. God designed you from the foundations of the earth to make decisions on what path you want to take. He will not force himself upon anyone. Amen? God will not force himself upon anyone. He gives you the right to make your own decision. And that's the light switch. That's the part inside of our heart right now where God is, is, is pricking your heart. It's pricking my mind to say, you need to live better in 2018 than you did in 2017. You need to change your priorities. Has anybody been hearing that for the past month or two? I have. My priorities has got to change. Sometimes I put work before my family. Sometimes I do things that's misaligned with God. And with God, he's got to be first. Amen? If he's not first, he's not there at all. We said that a week or two ago. God will not be present where he's not first. Seek him first. He's got to be first. What comes next? What comes next? God. Then he's going to put your family. That's what you need to put next in your life is your family. Don't put your career before your family. 
Amen? Your career will be here when your family, especially you with little kids, don't put your career before them. They're going to be out of the house. for You're going to blink twice and they're going to be gone. Right, Greg? For those that you have raised your kids, it seems like a, a vapor. It seems like an instant. It don't seem like it's even possible for your kids to be having kids. It, only, it really doesn't to me. I remember Morgan and Darren and them being a little snotty-nosed bratty kids running around and, and, in their house and stuff. And, and here Morgan's got kids. It just it blows my mind. It doesn't even seem possible. It's a vapor. Put your kids first. Amen? And then right underneath that, God, family, I believe this church. Amen. I believe the church should come into place where that because of the church is where that you're giving of yourself to others. Amen. But you shouldn't put your, your, your church before your family. Somebody say amen. amen. The church shouldn't come before your family. And your family shouldn't come before God. Let's align our priorities and let them align with God's scripture. And whenever we do, our life will become more principled. Amen. And whenever we've got more principles and we've got our priorities aligned, then whenever we come into alignment with God's word, his blessing can come. Amen. When we walk in disobedience, scripture tells us we're going to receive the acts, we're going to receive the things of disobedience. And you know what that is? It's a curse. I don't want to be cursed by God. Do you? I don't desire that. So here, as Jesus is this perfect, perfect picture that it, it, he wants us to see in our life, I, I think about, uh, as you read through the Gospels, the different things that Jesus would do. And, and one time, he, he took his disciples and he sent out 70 of them. He said, I'll give you power over all, the, oh, over all the power of the devil. I'll give you power over everything. Go cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, do all these things. Just go and do the works that you've been seeing me do. Now 70 of you, I anoint you and send you out to go do these things. Amen. So Jesus sends out these 70, and, and he tells them to go two by two. There's a good principle there. Never do ministry alone. Yeah. Amen. We ought to be together. The Bible says that in the power of agreement, there, there's power in agreement where two or three agree is touching anything. It's Matthew chapter 18, 19. Then these things shall be done. There's power in agreement. Agree with each other. If you don't have a prayer partner, get a prayer partner. If you're in ministry and you don't, you're not uh, 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 coinciding with somebody else or walking along the journey with somebody else, if you're teaching in children's church, don't go it alone. Don't just work on your, on your message or on your lesson by yourself. Get with somebody else in the church here at Bethesda and say, we're going to partner on this and I'll make you better and you make me better. The Bible says that iron sharpens the iron. Iron sharpens iron, so the man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Amen. How many would like to smile more in 2018 than you did this year? Amen. I want to smile more. You know why? Because I was born with a negative nature. I, I'm, just, I'm a negative person by nature. That's just who I am. And I have to absolutely work on myself to tell myself not to become Debbie Downer in everything I'm doing in life. Amen. Is anybody else with me? I'm just negative. And it bothers me. Because I know that Jesus wasn't negative. Amen. He wasn't negative. He encouraged those he come in contact with. He didn't pull people down. He encouraged people. He lifted people up. And when Jesus sent out these 70 people, they went. They went two by two. So Debo takes off with Josiah, and they go around the city block here, and they come into some of these old widows' houses, and they talk to them. They encourage them. They witness to them. They tell them about the love of God. They tell them about the, the newness of life in Jesus Christ. 
If they're sick, they can lay hands on them and they'll become well. Amen? It's what they did. They run into people and all these things and different things. And they come back and the Bible says when they come back, they was rejoicing because of the power that was with them because of the things that they had saw happen, that people were healed, that demons were drove out, that all these things happened. And they was amazed by it. They were in awe. They were elated that something finally happened in their life, that they was a part of something. And we as a church were a part of something greater than ourselves. So today I think about Jesus asking us, will you go out for me the way, will this 70 group of people at Bethesda, will they go out the way that I sent 70 out back then? Wouldn't you love to see the hospitals emptied? Amen. Wouldn't you like to walk into a cancer ward for little babies that are facing sickness that are there and their hair is falling out? Wouldn't you love to be able to walk in and pray and agree and seek God and see the whole, whole floor empty out? Amen. I pray God would give the nurses a new job. Amen. I would love to see that. But the thing is, do we seek God's power for that to happen? Is that a desire of our heart? What is our desires? Jesus sent those 70 out on a mission, and they had a desire to see it happen, and it accomplished it. When they come back, it was happy. Another time, they brought a sick person to Jesus, and this person was troubled and afflicted, Possessed by a devil. Jesus casts the devil out. When he does, the disciples were distraught because they had tried prior but couldn't do it. And whenever it comes, they bring that person to Jesus. Jesus casts the devil out and they ask him, say, now how, why did that happen for you and not me? We always want to know why, don't we? We always ask why. These disciples, why, Jesus? And Jesus answers them. He said, this kind only comes out by prayer and by fasting. Amen. So we as a church, and I, I, I'm grateful to God for what has happened in this year, 2017. We began 2007, or 2017 in January last year. We began the year as a church. In a 21-day Daniel fast, some people fasted TV, some people fasted cell phones. We had youth group people that fasted all kinds of stuff. Everybody was involved. And we saw families come to Jesus Christ. For one, that whole back corner right there. Was that worth me giving up 21 days and eating lettuce and fruit Man, it's tough. I'm telling you, I'm not going to say it's easy because I had a hard time. I like my food. I like cookies. I like Little Debbie's better than anything. And I had to give them all up. But when I look at the, at the things that God has done, and it's nothing we did that made it possible, but it's our obedience to Christ in doing what he calls us to do. 
And I love that, that this fast that we're beginning this year again, some people has already said, uh, I think, Michelle, I seen you wrote last night, you're giving up your uh, Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, Snapchat and, and uh, I don't know, you're going to just delete, delete the apps or how are you going to go about that? Probably, I don't know, it'll probably be the best way because uh, addiction is hard to break. Can somebody say amen? amen. And addiction is hard to break. If, we're not, if we don't have the resolve to do so, we won't. The way I broke myself of addiction to alcohol is before I ever got in church or anything, I made up my mind when I was sitting in the truck that one morning in an argument with my uncle and said, I'll never drink again. And I haven't drank a drop since. That was nine months before I got saved. Because I made up my mind, I am not going to drink again. I had a resolve about it, and I haven't made a commitment to myself. I'm not going to be that when I'm 50. I'm not going to be like that. 22 years old. That's not what I want to be when I'm 50. And broke that habit. And it was a habit too because it was every day event. But I had a resolve. I wanted to do away with it. And I did that on my own. And think about that. If I've got the capability and the power within me on my own to break that, what could the power of God inside of me break? Amen? If I've got the fortitude to make that kind of decision myself, how much can the power of God within me do? And that's what dumbfounded the disciples because they was going out and doing these things. And then when they brought this, this, uh, lame, this person back that was demon-possessed and Jesus cast out, and he said it's only by prayer and fasting. And there's all kinds of verses about fasting and and, and we got to hurry because everybody's getting hungry because you only got so many hours left to eat and <laughs> my belly's growling I'm telling you right now I have stocked up I've been like a big grizzly bear I've been eating little Debbie's there's nothing left in the house hardly we got some Christmas candy we're going to bring tonight but I'm telling you I'm going to eat good today there's all kinds of scriptures about fasting. It's amazing, the scriptures about fasting. And uh, my favorite scripture about fasting is Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58, the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. He says, is this not a fast that God has chosen? Is this not a fast that God has chosen? To break the bonds, that of bondage. Is it worth me fasting? And I want to fast a God kind of fast. Amen? And I'm telling you, if, if Michelle's addicted to Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and whatever else there's out there, I don't even know, Twitter, and what, there's all kinds of that. And I, I, I would probably say that I'm addicted to that just as much. I, I've... Facebook, I'm always on there chasing people, looking at people for trying to follow people, see what everybody's into. Not that I'm a stalker. I'm just looking and have care about the people of the church. I, I worry about you guys. I'll, if I see you guys post on there, pray for something. I try to hit, hit that I've got little pray hands, whatever that's called, emojis and all that stuff. I, I try to do that. Probably addicted. I believe Michelle can break that addiction. And I believe Michelle, if she would purpose in her heart, the reason I'm giving this up, God, is because I want more of you, I believe she'll receive the power of God. I would like to see some of the bondage 
and some of Michelle's family to be broken because there's some there. Same way for your family. I can look around the room. I, I, I know people in bondage in every family in this room. Jesus is here asking us, are you willing to give a God kind of fast to receive more of God? It's like the light switch. It's a decision you have to make today. Am I going to resolve in myself to do this thing? Last year, Greg did it, and he, he went on and fasted the whole year long. That deserves a clap. Greg went all year long. Are you eating today or tomorrow? Greg, tomorrow? I'm not going to beat you down for that week. <laughs> yeah, for Christmas dinner, why, why not? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's awesome, though, to go all year long because, but, and the Bible does say in Isaiah that your health will spring forth speedily. I'm telling you, fasting is healthy. You can look up all these articles from doctors and physicians and all this stuff, other stuff. It's a healthy thing. If you would work out in, in, her, in Elizabeth's workout group plus fast, I'm telling you, your health will spring forth speedily. How many would like to be more healthy? That's one of the number one resolutions that people make. I'm going to become more healthy. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to diet. I'm going to do this. How about, how about not make it a diet? How about make it a fast? And don't, everybody doesn't have to be the same. I'm not saying you have to conform to what I'm doing. I'm just telling you do something. Find something that you can do and even get your kids involved. Amen. There's nothing wrong at all with Alice, yeah. little Alex fasting something. No chalky milk. No chalky milk. I, that'd be a bad household to live in. I don't know if I'd go there or not. <laughs> I've seen some of her chalky milk uh, escapades. She'll, she'll, she'll have a meltdown moment. But, but involve them, teach them. And the Bible tells us to teach our children about the ways of God, right, from the time they're growing up. He says to write it on doorposts, tell them stories about it when they lay down, when they wake up. We ought to involve everybody in this church. Children's church can be just as involved in a fast. Amen. And how about them receiving the power of God earlier in life that they won't have to face the battles that we've faced? Amen? Amen? Wouldn't you rather have your kids to grow up different than you had? Everybody wants their, their kids to receive more. How about more of God? Usually people's talking about more. They're talking about more stuff. I, I don't want my kids to do without. I don't want them to grow up in a wood shack with, with cardboard nailed to the wall with some paper, uh, newspapers put over it for insulation. I, I want them to have more. And then they ended up putting two-by-fours in and having insulation in it. And then we got drywall. And, and here we're sitting today like this. It's a whole different thing from 100 years ago. Because generations want the next generation to have more than us. How about more of God? Amen. How about your next generation to have more of God? Wouldn't that be a lot better? Yeah. Fasting. What can you do? The hardest part, I, I, I was sitting there this morning, Ernie, and Leslie went in there, I was in the shower, she went in there and she made my coffee. I come out and went in the kitchen, sitting there and eating my blueberry muffins that I love so dearly, and my coffee. And I was sitting there drinking that coffee, Jason, and it was like, this is your last cup of coffee for 21 days. Oh, 
just thinking about the caffeine headaches that I'm going to have for the next three or four days, because it's going to come, I promise you. If you give up your caffeine, you're going to have a headache. But how about it? Is that something God is saying your health will spring forth speedily, and it proves to you how much, how detrimental caffeine really is to you? Amen? Maybe God will just totally break my caffeine habit and I won't drink any coffee the rest of my life. I love coffee. But if that's God's desire for me, I, I, I didn't do it a year long. I done it 21 days last year. But as I look at how much me and Dusty and Albie and Leslie sit together once a month and talk about things at church and things going on and what we can do and the events coming up and all this different stuff. And a month ago or so, we were sitting in one of those meetings and sitting there talking about how much difference 2017 has been in ministry. About the joy in our hearts of seeing the fruit of our labor in this past year versus other years. That's the first time we did a fast since me and Leslie's been pastors here. There's all kinds of fast. You don't have to do a 21-day fast. That's a Daniel fast. But Daniel also done a 10-day fast one time. Maybe you do 10 days. Amen. Queen Esther, she done three days. There's all types of fast you can do. It's not about getting legalistic about it. And it might be where you do a Daniel fast and you can't give up your coffee. Perhaps sitting there probably thinking, man, that's, you like coffee? Really? Oh, I would have thought you'd be a big coffee drinker. She's the coffee drinker. Okay, so it might be, and that's, I told my secretary about this and talked to her the past week or so about it, and she said, I can't give up my coffee. You don't have to give up everything. Do the Daniel Fast other than the coffee. Keep your coffee if that's what it takes to make you do it. Whatever, do something. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, you need to be involved. Did, did you tell her? Did you make sure to tell her? Oh, there she is right there. She's hiding over here now. Somehow be involved. It's 1230. Let's stand. major part of this also that, that Jesus taught us to fast and he also teaches us to pray so not only in fasting are you giving up things but I hope And I desire that Bethesda would pray more in the next 21 days than we ever have in our existence. That God would allow his power to be a reality in our life. Now I've got a word for next Sunday for our church. And I'm really believing that God is going to do some great and awesome things in 2018. my preparation all through the months of November and into December. I've been preparing the messages for next year. I've got them all pinned down. 
revival is going to come alive in 2018 in Bethesda, I promise you. In each of us. I'm talking about us because teamwork makes the dream work. Jesus did what he could, but he, he sent out 70. He commissioned 12 disciples. He had to have others. I'm telling you, we as a whole can see a difference in our community. How many would like to see a true kingdom difference? That the world will be changed, our counties will be changed by the power of God in us as a reality that the Bible would be alive. Won't you just bow your head and close your eyes? asking for your blessing upon Bethesda in this new year as we embark upon this journey. Lord, is this fast is something that's being proclaimed from your sacred pulpit. God, the people in this room, that you would give them power to overcome things in their life that hold them back from you. Lord, that you would break the bondage of sin Lord, in the year of 2018, Lord, that we would see so much more fruit than we've ever seen before. Lord, that the family members of the people in this room, Lord, that they've been praying for for so long. God, I pray that you would tear down the strongholds. Lord, for those things that the enemy has laid waste in the family members and the people in this room, just as your angel came through, it made a difference in Daniel's life. That you commissioned him. God, I pray that these next 21 days would be a journey. We as a church would see bondage broken. If you've got somebody in your family right now in this place, and they're coming to your mind right now. I just want you to begin to pray for that individual. I want us as a church to begin to pray for those people that's coming to your mind right now. There's somebody that maybe you would say, I, I could never see them coming to Jesus. I'm just asking for you to believe and have faith right now to say with God all things are possible. That you're not going to say, I just give up, and I don't think that's possible. Right now you would pray for them and say, God, I know you can when I can't. God, I pray for the people in this room that has family members that are and loved ones, Lord, that are sick, that are afflicted of the devil. And Lord, maybe they're under doctor's care and they can't fast the way that we're seeing today. God, let our fast be on their behalf. Lord, let their health spring forth speedily. God, I pray for all those in this room seeking more of you in 2018 to make that become a reality. That the power of God would be a, re a real tangible thing in their life that Jesus lives within us. And that he's the hope of glory. And the transformation can happen.
God to speak to your heart. There's some people in this room that, that God is calling you and He's asking you to help in His kingdom. In 2017, you was too afraid. And you've walked in fear. And God is speaking to you today and asking you to begin to walk in faith. To trust Him. To step out and do what He's asking you to do. The story I think about in the Bible is where the man with a withered hand came up to Jesus. And Jesus tells him to stretch out His hand, to reach it out. I had to have faith just to begin that process to even think that something could move that hadn't moved in so long. There's some people in this room today that God is speaking to you and saying 2018 will be different. He's commissioning you. He's telling you, turn the light switch on. Receive the power of God. Baptism is about a profession of your faith that you're going to declare to the world that God has made a new life in you. Is there anybody here that will step out today and say, Pastor Ben, I want to, I want to walk down front just as a symbolic act to say, I want 2018 to be different. Is there anybody here that just come down here? I just want you to come down here. I, I, I want it to be a sim, symbolic moment. Where that you're saying, I'm asking God to do something new and He's something different. Come on, there's more of you than that. You're wanting 2018 to be new and fresh and different. And you're sensing that God is wanting to do something more. There's got to be more than what we've done.
that are going up, Lord, that they, will be, that they will be heard in your ear, God, that you would incline your ear to the prayers. You said in your word that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much, and God, those people in this room that have humbled themselves and came forward and are asking for a new walk, that their talk would be different, Lord, that their lives would change, to become more like you, they would be commissioned. Pray that your power would be present. That you would revolutionize their life. And God, so whatsoever things their hands would touch, Lord, will be blessed. Lord, wherever their feet shall tread, that you will bless. Some people in this room that they walk in their family, their homes, with their parents. God, they want to change. Pray that your power to transform would even be by their presence, God. You empowered even the shadow of Peter as he passed by. Lord, for people to be healed. Lord, that sicknesses would have to bow in the name of Jesus. Help these people to be the world changers that you've designed them to be. The world changers that you've created them to be today. That you've called them to be. There's some people up here that's been praying for their co-workers. God, let their light shine just as we did in this place last week as we held our candles up. And we prayed for you to let our light shine. God, I pray that you would give them the power of evangelism. God, that they would have words to say when people ask questions on the job. Lord, we're grateful for everything you've done in 2017. But we're seeking so much more in 2018. Because we know, God, you're way bigger than this. You can do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or think. By the power you put inside of us. Make that verse come alive. In Jesus' name I pray.